This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio program. Also, those that are watching me on social media or television, welcome. I have with me a special guest, Timothy Hazelo. Timothy, welcome to the Warning Program. Thanks, Jonathan. I appreciate you having me here. Now, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what are you doing now? What are you running for? Well, first of all, I'm running for uh, commissioner in Island County District 3. That covers northern Whidbey Island and Camano Island. So we live right up by the bridge. We have a small farm up there with some pigs and some chickens and kind of one of those natural farmer type people. We don't like to spray. (laughs) Of course, that's the wife, but yeah. So we want to keep our island county kind of the rural county that we fell in love with 26, 27 years ago. Good. And uh, and we see it slowly being urbanized by the big government coming out of Seattle and the state of Washington, Olympia. And so we're really trying to resist that. Wonderful. Again, first time people that might have just now heard your name, mm-hmm. don't know much about you. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, there's... I like to say there's not a lot to tell, but everybody probably says that and has a great background story. I was raised in a single-parent household. My mother, a very patriotic woman, she actually served on a county board for a while. I think she was the clerk, actually. I was I was really young back then. She was on the fire department, and she raised us to be pretty patriotic. I remember one of the most memorable times of my youth was riding my bicycle in the 4th of July parades with the flags and the uh, the cards on the spokes and things of that nature. And so I always knew I would uh, serve my country. As I grew older, I, I got into some of the ROTC stuff. I joined the Sea Cadets. I met my wife in high school. I think she was a senior and I was a junior when we started dating. Okay. And soon thereafter, I, uh, we had a kid. I, I ended up quitting high school right before graduation, getting a GED and uh, joining the Navy because I had to get on with my life. You bet. You know, it, it was just time. Uh, so I did 21 years with the Navy. Just shy of 21 years, actually. I was active duty for about 12 and a half of that and then reservist for the rest of it. Been around the world a couple times. And when I was watching your video, I, it was it was pretty impressive. I was like, wow, this guy's been to a lot of places, Jonathan. <laughs> I, was, I was impressed by that because I thought you had to be in the military to do all those great things that you did, you know. But I tell people all the time, you know, my country and in, in the community gave me this uh, this benefit, this this privilege that most people never get, the privilege to go and see and do things yes. that most people never get to go and see and do. That's right. But that comes with a price, right? So I had to go and see and do things that most people should never have to do. 
right? And and you were a military guy. Yes. So you yes. understand what I'm talking about. So that happened. Um, joined or stayed in the reserves for a while, ran my own business. I was a financial services specialist for a few years, did mortgages for a while. Um, my wife and I bought into an adult family home okay. conglomerate down in Kent. We are partners. I was the CFO of the board for a while. Um, they voted us to be the president of the company for a couple of years. The hard part of that was uh, going to work, making friends with a great guy or a great woman, and then going to work the next day and having them be gone, right? Because this was end-of-life care. And that was something that uh, was devastating to me because we had lost a son around the same time frame. Wow. So, so death was one of those things that was really hard to take at that point in my life. So we ended up getting out of that. Uh, I went back to the Navy, started government contracting, spent some years in Afghanistan as a contractor, an intel analyst. And uh, what that told me was that we are doing something wrong here in America. These people were willing to stand in a line and die if necessary to get their voices heard, to vote, to yes. make sure that their people get put in place that will help their country. And here we are mailing our ballots in from a basement. Yeah. With no background of, of who these people that we're voting for are. Yeah. And so that's why I got into politics. When I came home from Afghanistan, I wanted to make a change, couldn't figure out how to do it, waved some flags, got fed up and said, I'm running for office, ran for Congress, got beat up pretty bad, but I got 148,000 votes in a predominantly blue district, which was more than anybody other than John Coster ever got in that district. So, wow, wow. Um, and that was from nowhere, and we, we moved forward. Now I'm the commissioner of the Island County Republican Party. And I'm running for commissioner of uh, Island County. Good. I know you you mentioned death and uh, you said you lost a child. Mm -hmm. Now, if I remember correctly, when I did some research on you, you 17 years old. Yeah. Car accident. That's right. Right out in front of our house, actually. Wow. Yeah. Drive by it every day. Wow. And that must have been just devastating. Yeah. So you understand what uh, people out there go through. That's right. That's right. Some people never understand what happens when you lose somebody close to you, and uh, but yet you lost a son. I have yeah. four daughters grown away from home. I have one son still at home, and that would be devastating. Yeah, and it, it was it was the worst possible case scenario. I could have never imagined life being the way it was for that for a couple of years actually. No, I, I I get you because you know I'm I'm remarried. I lost my first wife. Mm-hmm. 39 years, God brought another one into my life. But, uh, you know, when you, you lose a spouse or, or a, a child, yeah, right. it, it's horrible. The pain is horrible. That's right. And I think it's important for us to understand pain and our, for our elected officials to know what pain is because there's a lot of people suffering out there. Oh, especially now. Yeah. There's a lot of people hurting out there mm-hmm. as uh, our economy uh, is just, it's tanked. Since two years ago? <laughs> yes, it has. And the reason why it's tanked is uh, bad leadership. Oh, 100%. There's no doubt in my mind. From from the top to the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And so economy is tanked. Uh, lawlessness is, is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. It's skyrocketed. Security. Yeah. And influx like, uh, like we're having an invasion. Yes. So I open agree. borders. And so, I mean, everything is has gone in two years just horribly. And it's like people are purposely trying to topple the republic. Oh, yeah. No, it's obvious. It is an obvious vision of mine that I see every night when I turn on the TV or when I talk to people knocking on their doors. And people feel the same way you and I feel. 
a lot of them are just afraid to voice that opinion unless they know for a fact they're in a friendly environment. Yeah, and, and, and that is so sad. I travel to the nations. I go in and out of nations that are under tyranny oh, yeah, or I've communistic nations or Islamic nations. Yep. And it's horrible when people are afraid to speak. That's right. And that's, that's where right. we're getting to right now in the United States. I agree 100%. They're trying to intimidate us, browbeat us, uh, take away our freedom of expression as well as other freedoms. Yep. And so uh, is that why you're running? Well, that's that's top of the list for sure. I mean, people need to realize that if we can't clean up our own backyards— you know, in the military, we have a little more firm statements for these things. But if we yeah. can't clean up our own backyards, then how are we expected to go out and teach other people how to clean their backyards, right? If we can't keep our own nation sovereign and free and in a position of, of power, and that what, what do we used to call it? The shining beacon of light, right? That's the shining right. hill. That's right. Or shining light on the hill. And if we can't do the that, beacon then how, on are the we, hill, yeah. exactly, how are we supposed to go over to these places um, in Africa and Asia, I mean, I've been I've been in a lot of. I got two Southwest Asia service medals with bronze stars. They those countries have never had what we have had, and we're just letting it all go. We're giving it away, Jonathan. We're not. They're not taking it from us. We're willingly allowing it to dissipate. And so the problem we run into is most of these people who want this have never been where we've been, Jonathan. They've never been there. Yeah. They've never experienced it. I know friends that uh, have migrated here, and they can't believe they've migrated here because all over the world, they're in horrible countries. They That's migrated right. here for freedom, and they said, what is wrong with your people, your leaders? Yeah. You are purposely destroying your nations and moving you right into where we came from, a third world nation. That's exactly right. You know, and I get that the most from the Asians. So I have a lot of friends that are, that are Asian. Some people. I was I was in Hong Kong. Well, it was Great Britain. Well, it was British. I understand. And I've been there since it's been communist once or twice. the The point is, though, these people come over here. They saw what the communist regimes did. Right? They saw what Chairman Mao has done. They've they've seen what these communist leaders have done and what they've turned their countries into. And then they come over here, and it might have started out as this fantasy and this is this great thing. Unicorns are dancing around, right? But then they realize that holy cow, this government is going down the same darn road. The same down road that these other gov other governments had went down, and you know you look at this communist manifesto, and I don't want to get off on some right wing tangent or anything, but you look at some of these communist manifestos out there, um, Agenda twenty one twenty thirty. You look at some of these things, and it's written. They they tell us what they're going to do, and here they are doing it this, in front of us. This current government is doing exactly. Uh, the the lines of the communistic strategy to take over a nation. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I travel all over the nations, Africa, Europe, mm -hmm. India, Central South America, Asia. Yeah, that's right. And they're all watching America and they're worried. They are worried because we are the last best hope. Ronald Reagan said it perfect. We are the last best hope. That Cuban immigrant that he interviewed or that he was talking to. Yes. That said, I came here because this was, I had somewhere to go. If America falls, there's, there's no place nowhere to go. To go. There's no place to go. That's right. And tyrants run wild. Tyrants run rampant. That's right. You know, what do you believe? Well, you know, I, I believe in personal freedom. I believe in, um, you know, the founding fathers. Our nation was founded on these Christian principles of self-governance. Yes. Of morality. Yes. Right? And so I got this button. It's on my shirt that I left in your other room over there. <laughs> and it, 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 it's really basic. It just says, be kind and don't take people's stuff. Wow. Right? How much more difficult 
does it have to be other than we respect each other? We don't take each other's stuff. You know, you look at the Ten Commandments, and, and once again, I told you I'm not the most religious guy in the world. But you look at the Ten Commandments, and you get rid of all this other garbage that the governments have put in place over the years and just live those commandments, and we would be just fine. We would be The just world would fine. be a great place. You're right. You're right. What are your top priorities for Island County if elected? Well, that's a, that's a good question. So um, I knew when I went in that my top priority was to keep Island County um, away from the urbanization, the sprawl that's coming out of Seattle, Olympia, big state, big government, right? Because, and you've interviewed some of the other people, some legislators and some congressional candidates. Yes, and yes. So you see all these mandates that come out of the legislature. There's all kinds of weird mandates and rules and regulations, and half of them are unfunded. Yeah. So they expect these small communities and these small areas to go out and do these things without any funding. That's A. B, half that garbage doesn't work. Look at Seattle. The housing first problem, right? Yes. That is not going to fix anything. That might make a couple people feel good for a few minutes, but the reality is they're back on the streets tomorrow, and there's no fix, no correction, and we just throw more money at it. Good money after bad. And so my top priority is to resist that urbanization, keep our islands ur- rural, right? It's a, it's a funny thing when you say rural, people have different ideas of rural. My idea is just what I had said a minute ago, the idea of self-governance, self-sustainment. We are an agricultural community um, in Island County. We have farm stands. I went and spoke at the Board of County Commissioners before I was even running. I think maybe I was had already announced about not imposing extra fines and fees on, on roadside farm stands that they wanted to do. And my question was, okay, you want to impose more fines and fees and put red tape in place. Explain to me why. Who's been hurt? Who's been sickened? Who's died? What's the problem that we're trying to fix? And they had no answer for that. Wow. It was just more red tape. Sure. So I want to keep the islands rural. I want the farms to be productive. I want the roadside stands. I want us... I want us to be who we are. See, my, my wife and I came here 27 years ago with the Navy. We stayed because of the safety. Sure. We stayed because of the people. We stayed because of the rural community and the forests and the nature. And we're not leaving. But guess what? Those things are leaving us. Yes. They're leaving us, you guys. They're leaving you. And so if we don't, if we don't find out or figure out how to get those things back in our lives, I, I fear for my kids and my grandkids' future. You know, so that's that's probably my top priority. Now, other things are fiscal responsibility. Once again, that can go right back to what I was just talking about. You know, un, unfunded mandates, fiscal responsibility. We put we spent millions and millions of dollars in homelessness and addiction. And just this morning, outside of my house, we had a quarter mile dirt road going down to my house. There was a homeless encampment that had just got put up. Big trailer, garbage all over. It only took one day, right? Yeah. I took a picture of it, and my my opponent, Janet St. Clair. And this guy, Clyde Shavers, who I don't even want to get into, that's running for LD10, their big 4 by 8 signs are right behind this homeless encampment. And I'm thinking, that's, that's, just, <laughs> that's just proof in the pudding right there, isn't it? And so money wasted, right? We do these feel-good programs that do no good. So fiscal responsibility and then you know public safety, that's a top priority. Our sheriffs are funded at basically 2008 they're, well, they're manned at 2008 manning levels, probably a little less than 2008. So if we don't figure out how to get some more sheriffs and some more law enforcement and then allow them to do their job, then we're in bad shape. We're in big trouble. And if it's not on your door right now, it's knocking. Well, I'll tell you, I know a lot of law enforcement. My background is also oh, yeah. from uh, 
United States Air Force to law enforcement, felony crime, special weapons and tactics. And uh, I was a president of the Fellowship of Christian Peace Officers, which encumbered every branch of law oh, enforcement. Yeah. But these guys are disheartened. They are. Uh, they want to do their job. That's but right. yet, depending on who is over them and what county they live in in the state of Washington, That's right. they're being pulled back. Oh, yeah. And they're, you know, they basically are afraid to do anything. That's right. Because they have bad leaders over them. Uh, Seattle, why did it burn for two years? That's right. I mean, bad government, That's right. uh, socialism, communism, uh, they, they call it a love fest <laughs> when Seattle is burning. And people are being murdered. Burning. Yeah. People are being raped and killed. That's right. That's a love fest? I'll tell you what, that's chaos. Yeah. That's chaos. And, and that's what that's a right. lot of people want and they're trying to do right now. That's right. They're trying to That's topple right. the republic. We need mm-hmm. to understand what's going on. We've got to get correct leadership in. That's right. What do you believe are some of the problems with local government? Well, I think local government doesn't listen to the people. And, and we can go back to the law enforcement thing real quick because we, that, that's a passionate thing. I can tell it's passionate for you. It's passionate for me. I was law, DOD law enforcement for a few years down in San Diego. If the law enforcement doesn't feel like the leaders of the government in their county have their back then they're not going to go out and put their necks on the line for the community. That's right. Right? Does that make sense? I'm just, they're going to be afraid to. They're going to be afraid to. So what I want to do is I, you know, we used to have this, you know this, being in the military, I used to tell people all the time, we always knew somebody had our back. Regardless of where we were, we could be in Central America do a counter-narcotics, or we could be in, in Southwest Asia uh, fighting a war. We always knew somebody had our back. And so I'm going to be that guy in the commissioner's office that has our police officers' backs. And I'm going to have the community's back. And so the big thing I think that's facing our county, once again, is is bad leadership in the sense of they want to do what everybody thinks is going to feel good. Not necessarily do good, right? It's all about the way it feels. This is the Democratic playbook, right? If it feels good, do it. Talk about decadence, right? If it feels good, do it. And so I want to be that guy that says, look, this program doesn't work. It's out of here. Let's find a way to fix the problem. And so that's that's a top priority of mine. Yeah, we have a lot of problems in Washington State. You mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about you came here because it was secure. You felt you know there was security. Well, a lot of people don't anymore. No. A lot no. of people are afraid. Yep. And so uh, it doesn't matter what county, some more dangerous than others. Yeah. But Washingtonians are becoming fearful of their security. Oh, yeah. Can I give you a quick example? Please. So just today, I have a big truck. It's a, well, it's not that big. It's a a three-quarter ton Chevy diesel truck. It's my farm truck. So I put some campaign signs on the sides of it, right? It says, keep it rural, vote Hazelo. It's got, um, it's got kind of a little creed of what I believe in, you know, things of that nature on it. And uh, I decided I'm going to leave that truck parked in different areas around town as a campaign strategy, right? So people can see this when they drive by. But I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, my windows are going to get broke out. My car's going to get scraped up. This is going to get vandalized or stolen. So before I parked my truck today, I called the insurance company and increased the amount of insurance on my truck, which I never would have thought about 10 years ago. Sure. Never sure. even thought about that 10 I got years you. ago. I got you. You know, and just because of a sign on the truck, somebody's going to go vandalize it. You know, people do think of that. I, I think of that before I, I allow a sign to be put up on my property. Oh, yeah. I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah. Because now, like you said, things have changed in America. 
It's not Dennis the Menace anymore no. or the Ander- Andy Griffith show in Mayberry. No. Look at that poor cat that yeah. was out door knocking in Florida yeah. for, for DeSantis. Yeah. I mean, America is totally changed. And let me tell you, if we don't put the right people back in office, That's right. God help the United States of America because it is falling. They're trying to move us into a new world order. And yeah. the new world order is sheer communism. That's it's right. censorship. It's taking away people's rights. It's for total control. It's total control. That's right. And frankly, they want to depopulate a lot of the world. Well, we can talk about that a little bit too, but that's kind of out of the realm of the county that commissioner, is out right? Of the realm of what you're <laughs> but, running for. But if you, uh, you know, if we wanted to get on that that beat, you know, Janet St. Clair, the lady I'm running against, who who I, I try not to say her name a whole bunch, I'm not I'm not going to run a negative campaign against my opponent. She runs enough of a negative campaign on her own. She had Island County sign on to Agenda 2020 or 2130 and spent Island County money to sign Island County onto this agenda. This big government UN, of course, it's a subsidiary of the United Nations, but this big government UN globalization. And if you go read, the, if you go read what this document says, I'm telling you right now, you are going to be afraid. Wow. You are going to be afraid. And, um, and so she sends she spends this money. So I asked her about it. She says, "Well, it wasn't it wasn't the taxpayers' money. It was a grant." I'm yeah. so confused. Yeah, exactly. Where did the grant come from? We want from? nothing to do with coming under the United no. Nations. No, that, that's made up of nothing but globalist, communist, that's Islamics, right. and they hate the Republic that's, of the United States of sure America. Do. They sure do. They sure we do. We need to understand that we want mm-hmm. nothing to do. With the United Nations, not coming under them like you just said. In any way, shape, or form. That's what right. di- you know, what, what's the difference between you and Janet? Well, I think uh, the, the big difference is personability. I mean, I have, I don't know. Okay, I'm a little biased. I like myself. <laughs> <laughs> right? But um, I'm a pretty likable guy. I haven't met anybody. I, I got a funny story. We were flying to, uh, to Washington, D.C. a couple years ago, and my wife and I sat down in the airplane. And uh, this guy in this leather jacket looked like a rock and roll guy. sits down next to us, and I'm like, "Well, this is going to be cool, rock and roll, dude." Looks like he looked like he was right from Kiss or something, right? <laughs> and he sits down and he sees my Trump hat. Yeah, yeah. And the first thing he says is, "I'm a friend of Hillary Clinton," and and he just started going off on me about all kinds of weirdness. I had no clue what he was talking about. Sure, right? sure. By the end of that flight. He was saying, hey, next time you're in D.C., you'll have to come and see me and we'll have a drink. <laughs> right. So that's that's me. That's who I am. Yeah. I get along with people. I hear what they have to say. I relate. I feel their pain. And I don't see that. And and Janet hasn't been in Island County long enough to know what Island County is. Oh, wow. She came up there a year before. I don't even know if it's a whole year before she won her first seat there. Well, how did that happen? That's a great question. I say money helped. Describe the importance of being local and part of the community. Well, it's just like what I said. I've, I've been there my, well, I'm not going to say my whole life because that would be a lie, right? But I've been there longer than anywhere else in my life. Um, my kids went to school there. My kids grew up there. My grandkids are there. Everywhere I go, somebody shakes my hand and says hi, and we have conversations. My wife actually gets pretty, she's sitting over there listening to us, but she gets pretty frustrated sometimes. She's like, can we just grocery shop? Can we just do what we need to do? I understand that. You know? Yeah, so so the importance is I know the people. The people know me. I've had, I've had people that are self-proclaimed Democrats, farmers from South Whidbey, come up to me recently and say, look, your message is what we need and what we needed to hear, and, and you're our guy. Once again, you're watching and listening to the warning program, special guest, Timothy Hazelow. That's right. And tell him again what you're running for. So um, Island County Commissioner District 3, North Whidbey, Camano Island.
Okay, how can they help you? Well, you know, the biggest thing you guys can do for me is is get out and vote. That's number one, right? Because uh, what, did, what did our founding fathers say about uh, all it takes is for good men to do nothing, right? I can't right. quote it. I'm not a quoting guy. That's right. But you know for what I'm For evil to about. win. For evil to win. That's right. And so first thing you can do is get out and vote. The second thing you can do is convince your friends and family to get out and vote. And understand what they're voting for. I think I said it right in the beginning about people voting from their basement on issues that they have no idea about. You know, that's that that's that educated electorate. So get out and vote. Get out and tell the other people to vote that you know. Um, and I would say donate to the campaign, uh, but we're pretty far in the, into it at this point in time. Get out, wave some signs, wave some flies, convince your friends, do whatever you can. Go to my website, www.timhazelow4commissioner.com. And check out my website and share the videos, share this video, share my TV commercial, share any media you can with all your friends. You know, the proof is in the pudding. I don't count my chickens until they're hatched, and even then some of them disappear. So the fact of the matter is it's an uphill battle in, in the state of Washington. Win, lose, or draw, I won't stop fighting. Again, you've been listening to The Warning radio program or watching it on social media and television. Again, Timothy Hazio, Island County Commissioner. Also go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Click on and subscribe to Eagle Saving Nations. We need another great awakening if this nation is going to survive. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.